Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Emily Hamilton for Female Startup Club. Hello and welcome back to the show. It's Dune here, your host and hype girl, sliding into your ears with a new episode on the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're new here, hi, welcome. Every week, we interview some of the world's most exciting and successful founders and entrepreneurs who happen to be women, like Emily Hamilton, the founder behind some of the best brands in market right now, Sand and Sky and Coco and Eve. Born and raised in Australia, Emily had a passion for beauty from a young age and always dreamed of creating her own line of products that would help women feel confident and beautiful. Today, we're digging into the Coco and Eve playbook specifically to understand what made this brand garner a 47,000-person waitlist and tens of millions of reach before launch. We're also going over what a proof of concept actually means and Emily's thoughts on capital as a totally bootstrapped founder that still owns 100% of her company. And if you haven't downloaded our grants document yet, there are so many good ones ready to be applied to this month. Like the Cartier Women's Initiative, where you can access up to $100,000 in funding, and the Fearless Fund in partnership with Tory Birch Grant, where you can now access up to $20,000. To download the list of every current grant you can apply to around the world right now, go to femalestartupclub.com forward slash grants. Alrighty, let's jump into this episode. This is Emily for Female Startup Club. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Emily, hello. Welcome to the Female Startup Club podcast. Hi. Nice to be in touch. Great to chat with you today. I'm so excited. You're in Singapore. How's Singapore today? Do you have any wins or oh shit moments you can get <laughs> for today? Um, we're doing well, actually. It's been a great year for us after the roller coaster of COVID. So we just did a launch into Ulta and it's going well. So we're really happy. Yeah, we're really happy. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's huge. So exciting. So exciting. I know that your story starts way, way back pre Sand and Sky, pre Coco and Eve. And I want to go back to Bella Box because I'd like to understand what ultimately happened with that business that led you to where you are today and the kind of learnings you took away from that business. Wow. So Bella Box was started in 2011 and uh, I really started running my own business uh, at 2009. So the entrepreneurial journey has been long. Before that, I've been in startups. So, and really the love of beauty, the, the vibe, the creativity, the energy. Um, it's really grown since then. And when you sort of go into an industry for the first time, you feel the, the future and you feel the possibilities. And um, that was really the start with, with Ballabox. I love marketing and I loved e-commerce and, and decided then that I would start my career, really build my career in, in that. So I think the biggest lessons were really, it was before D2C, right? So 
it's really connecting with the with the consumer um, as you know all the way to the brand, and that's where I saw the opportunity in that business. And um, yeah, I think that's the biggest learning. Also, we we bought a database of forty thousand subscribers, so you know people want to try beauty products and they want to share them and they want to always discover the new things. And that was really the start of it for me. And I feel like around that time, you know, 2011, 2012, the Iconic was launching in Australia, the market was getting educated on shopping online. Things were really starting to shift from a consumer behavior perspective, um, as well as social media. Instagram was kind of just becoming a thing. Advertising on Facebook was extremely lucrative. It was an interesting kind of inflection point for all these things to be happening at once. What kind of took you away from Bellabox and into Coco and Eve and Sand and Sky? We were really inspired by working with all of these brands. What makes a beauty brand successful? We saw that as well, that consumers would really respond if a particular brand or product was was in the box and that they could really try it. So beauty was really this, this connector. Um, but building brands on social media was just a really big possibility and we saw that and connecting with consumers, listening to them, what do they want, what do they love. And so we set about building um, a few brands, which we did over the years. And so it was definitely an exciting time and, um, you know, space uh, to be in. Something that I noticed both with Sand and Sky and Coco and Eve is that you kind of bent the rules a little bit or ditched the playbook rather, and launched with just a single skew, a single product. Why was that? And is that something that you would advise founders to do today when building new e-com D2C brands? Great question. I think what we set out to do was really create something unique. Um, And so if we looked at the market, what was missing and what were consumers really looking for? and built those those brands and that product. And I think the, the main reason, well, one of the reasons was we were just so focused on building that and capturing market share that the, the, the sort of portfolio of the products, the NPD, product development, you know, sort of came after. And would I recommend that? I think, you know, there's probably a perfect playbook, but... You know, a lot of times when you're building a brand, you might have the perfect team and, and you know, think that's a perfect concept, but it doesn't always work. And the beauty with, you know, beauty <laughs> is you can really gain traction with a little bit of money, with a great idea, you can see, oh, that's the consumer's really loving that and build that up. So I'd probably come to market with with a few more products uh, to really give depth to the brand and you're really, you know, thinking about where the brand's going to go. But for us at the time, we were just really focused on gaining that traction and and really capturing that, that consumer and making products and brands exciting. Today, I really want to focus on that playbook specifically around Coco and Eve, especially digging into the early days of what kind of started to get you the traction and how you kind of, you know, put this brand together. I know you were 
leveraging the data that you already had from Bellabox, you knew kind of the gaps in the market and what customers would respond to. But what led you to this brand that is very inspired by Balinese ingredients and Australia and kind of just how did this brand actually come to light? What was your light bulb moment for this? So the brand was created in 2015. We launched it in 2018 once we um, had enough money to launch it. And really the opportunity was hair care. And you had two segments of the market, right? You have supermarket brands. You know, it's very cheap ingredients. You've got lots of 10% sulfates. You've got lots of fillers. It, it cleans your hair and that's it. And then you have the salon brands. And where are the brands that consumers really could connect to and really understand and we love cruelty free we really see the the value of a vegan brand not using animal based ingredients in your products and so there's this really huge opportunity in the market and that's where really Coco and Eve was born but I think that really using ingredients and this efficacy message we wanted people to try the product and like, oh, my God, it's amazing um, to that moment. And we also built like how are we going to make this brand look on social media because if you're in the salon, then the hairdresser can recommend. Um, in, the, in the supermarket, you, you just see, you know, the, the product, but what about showing on social media how people use the product, what's their experience with the product? And so we used uh, all these strategies to do that so we were really the first to create these accessories and these bundles. So the accessories, because it's hard to show a shampoo, here's my shampoo <laughs> on social media, but you could show wearing the <laughs> yeah. hair wrap and you show, um, you know, the before you use the shampoo and after and the whole kind of journey. So it's really storytelling using social media was really the key strategy to sort of really get the you know, people interested in the brand and get that traction. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's still so highly critical to do today. Design your brand to live on social media and stand out on social media, but also obviously design a brand that people want to recommend to a friend, that people are going to come away and be like, oh, I love that. I would use that again. I would buy that again and I would tell my friends about it on WhatsApp. Yeah. Touch my hair. Look at it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Smell my hair. Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes, even though they're both so obvious, to-dos, they can be overlooked. Sometimes you can try a product and you're like, oh, that was odd. That was an odd experience or I don't, it didn't hit for me. And so I, yeah, I love both of those um, points that you make. For you, something that we love to talk about on the show is the money piece. I know that you are 100% owned business and you haven't taken on fundraising. How much kind of capital did you need to get started and launch the brand? So we had a house of, uh, we had, you know, we've built four brands under Supernova and with the money that we, that we generate. So I think first of all, we, it sort of goes back to the very start, why kind of we here, why we built the business and we wanted a profitable business and now it's cool to have a profitable business. So, you know, it's glad that we're, that we're here. So if you have from day one, we need a profitable business, well, you build the business case to be that 
way and you make sure um, it's really building the whole culture and, you know, throughout. We will be profitable. We invest our profits um, back in. And um, as we've built the whole brand and have extended our business, we added on more countries and we added on more warehouses and we sort of just, I think the key thing when you're building any brand or any business is just constant improvement, constantly reinvesting and and building that up. So that's what we've we've always done and we needed, look, we did have money to put in when I was, you know, I was in my kind of, Mid thirties when I started uh, Supernova, and um, you know we had saved up three hundred thousand um, dollars, and said, okay, this, you know, when you when you start a business, it's good to have a good base. This is this is it. So, and that's what we've we've built the business on um, from the beginning. Coco Neve did have investments from the other brands, so probably about two million dollars that we invested in the brand. The investment took over two years and then since the year three we've been profitable and earned that back, you know, more times of as we've been able to scale and, and grow the business. So but it was done within it within the group, um, investing in, in you know, in growth. Now that you've kind of built, you know, four different brands, you've really done a rinse and repeat on playbook, playbooks that you know things that work and things that don't work. For someone launching a new brand now, where would you allocate money, time, resources? Great question. And, and you know, the, the market has evolved so much, you know, during COVID. And that was a good two years, right? E-commerce is where it was happening. So, you know, I just say e-commerce, do e-commerce and figure that out. And, <laughs> and I think that it's still there. It's come back this year. It was definitely last year. It was a move back into to retail, but where would what's the playbook? Where would brands start? Um, you know, it's definitely what I've seen over the years. You know, there's a lot of funding going into beauty, so your competitors have funding, so that's that's where where the market is. But I think you need to have proof of concept. I think you need to before taking on money. It's not just free money; they want to see their return. So. And you want to see the return on your own, you know, own investment is get proof of concept. Do people love the product? Do they get the brand? And there's enough people out there that want to experience new things. So I would focus on a market. You know, Australia is such a great market, um, especially hair care. <laughs> hair care is booming. So different markets doing different things. But, you know, Australia is such a good market. If you're in Australia, UK, start locally. Like make sure you've got that reach and, uh, because once you start adding on, you know, this international expansion, the complexity of the business goes up. And I think these days, which is different to two, three years ago, operational costs are extremely high. The costs of, you know, packaging and the products and operational costs, warehousing, last mile, they've gone up so much and we feel it um, as a business. So, that's a new challenge these days that brands need to be uh, conscious of. And, yeah, so I'd say that focus on a market, get traction, people love your product. And if they if you don't get traction, just iterate and improve until you do um, because, you know, sometimes it doesn't always just <laughs> take off. It's sometimes not that easy, but, um, yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you say proof of concept, you know, for you... Would that be like hitting a certain amount of revenue? Would that be just anecdotally seeing the vibe on social media and online? Or would that be something like how would you quantify that as, oh, yeah, we've got it, let's go? Or is it like, oh, it's just really obvious if you've got it or not? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely not an easy question. And I don't think that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think there's like a one shot with that. But. I think that what we have the chance to do in the beauty industry is really this breakthrough innovation. And the best example is Olaplex because they just came up with a product that was so new and innovative. And you can do that in a small scale. So I think when consumers, I think that's it for me. If you're coming out with sort of a regular shampoo and conditioner and, a, you know, it does well or a tanner, um, what is it about it that you can really make special? And, and for the tanner, we do self-tan as well. It was really kind of solving a problem with tans, which is this, you know, sort of bad DHA smells, like ingredient that, you know, you get this kind of like what we call the biscuity smell. So we're like, how do we get rid of that smell? And like, you know, so that was like, and no, it was 
about it. Like, and so when we, you're the first to talk about it, people are like, oh my god, I get that, I hate that smell. Like this, so there's so many ways to do it. Um, but I think it's really this, you know, the differentiation coming out with something different and new and a different and new way that people get it. Um, so of course they buy it and you launch and and their um, your revenue is increasing. Um, every month it's, it's, it's increasing and, and why is it increasing and um, you see that engagement on social media yeah, as well. Got it. I want to talk specifically about the go-to-market strategy for Coco and Eve and how you kind of started to ramp that up because I read some crazy stats like you guys got million, tens of millions of reach in the first month. You had some crazy 50,000-person wait list, like everything was all happening. So what were you doing to drive that interest um, in the very beginning, circa 2018, 2019? Um, so we're really one of the first to really have this messaging about cruelty-free vegans. So I was coming out with something different that really connected and it was this fun, engaging aspect. So we really used social media so we always do like April Fool's joke. So we always did that like from the beginning and we worked with like influencers in really creative ways. So we worked with this UK influencer and it was recreating the Kim Kardashian break the internet. Probably don't remember that, but like she, you know, she threw like champagne and on the glass on her, her bottom and we re- recreated it with coconut. Oh, I forgot that. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god. So it's just kind of like a picture on social where you create some hype, but like obviously Or a video, yeah, video. Or a video. Oh my god, I love that. That's so much fun. Oh, I love that. I feel like all of those things, like fun marketing initiatives as well, really keep the journey enjoyable because it's sparking joy within yourself, within the team, within your customers, and that lifts the lifts the vibe. Yeah, and we did for our birthday as well. We just did a a Balinese pool. You know how they did the flowers in the pool, and so we got that done. And um, and we do yeah, lots of fun on social media. So we got the um, there was a trend where is it real or is it cake? So we got the tan as a cake, and then they cut it. So it looks like a real tan, and they cut it, and it's cake. And oh my gosh. Sort of things just to get the views, man. Like just <laughs> viral is like every day a topic, and uh, yeah. I mean, you're about to hit a million followers on Instagram. You're pretty close. Are you going to do something to celebrate? Yeah, we should. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> That's no ideas yet. So if you have any ideas, <laughs> that we can do let us know. What's shifting the needle for you now in terms of revenue drivers? Like, is that something that for you, it's still the the same kind of playbook, like influencers and and social first approach, or is there other things, i.e., the retail playbook, new product expansion into different categories, things like that? Um, so it's an interesting space we're in now because you have Europe and UK, which is going through this you know, really strong inflation, erosion of living cost, like erosion of like um, the cost of living increase and so erosion of sort of 
you know, lifestyle. And, and so you have these challenges in that, in that market, whereas US is, is growing really strongly, Australia and Canada. So you have sort of different things going on in, in different markets. I think what is sort of been the journey for us and it was probably a little bit too long where we were definitely an e-commerce brand. Our retailers were online, which served us well during COVID because, you know, this everybody was buying online and um, that's where the consumer was. So um, what we did in 2022 was really focus on um, getting in store. And so that work we did last year, is really paying off this year where we have launched into Boots and into Ulta. Um, the launch into Ulta has been amazing and it's just had this halo effect. So, you know, in beauty, what's really sort of come out of the end of COVID is this omni-channel strategy. And for us, it's it's your direct channel, it's marketplaces like Amazon, which don't, you know, largely don't have that market share like in Australia, but they do in, in certainly, um, you know, Europe, UK and, and the US. Um, and the retailer and the retail is predominantly, um, you know, for us physical retail and having all of those channels working well set up is, is really the key that's, you know, driving our growth uh, this year. What's the goal for you as someone that's bootstrapped? Do you see the vision of exiting these businesses that are doing so well at some point or do you see the vision of creating more brands and adding to the portfolio for a future exit of the entire portfolio company? It's definitely evolved over the years. Um, As funding has poured into beauty, it's become so competitive and, you know, your competitor has $10 million in the bank and mentors and, and so... That's the reality. So we've had to adjust our strategy to um, that reflects that. And uh, Coco and Eve has just been far and away the biggest success story uh, for us. It's growing, um, you know, so much. This year we're at 30, 35% growth. So the focus is on that. But, yeah, we definitely, I think the next step is to get um, you know, investors on board to really help uh, with that growth. So it's definitely on our radar and something we're looking out for. Um, I think that most of the, you know, media talk is how, you know, founders make all this money in two years. And I just think that's the, you know, that's the exception rather than the norm. And if you want to really start a start up and, and see that through. I think you've got to commit 10 years. I think it's like I'm in it. Don't be afraid if it's taking longer than you think. You know, just focus on the big vision and keep improving. Just focus on every day what you can improve and it really changes things when you do that and and so then the right partner will come along and um, so, yeah, that's where we're at. So. That's so exciting. What's that saying? Um, it takes 10 years to reach overnight success. <laughs> We're all out here thinking people just pop on TikTok overnight and everything's just rosy, but in actual fact, it's taken 10 years of hard work to get there and to get to that point. 
Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it feels like that, but um, yeah, you got to you just got to commit for the long haul, and it'll come. I actually just wanted to circle back to this point that you made around launching into companies like Ulta, and you know, you're having this big success in retail. Has that shifted your marketing playbook? Like, what are you doing differently now to make sure that those partnerships and at, at such a huge scale are a success? I don't look, I, I think, you know, we do invest quite heavily into, into marketing. I think there's a lot we, we can do for sure, but one campaign we did to launch into Alta was um, we worked with influencers, basically their story of going in, into Alta, and we had a TikTok go viral, like it went viral and completely we just sold out and, and so it's a, it's a video where she goes in to alter and we'd launched it there and we, we did sell quite well so there was little stock left and then she finally managed to get the stock and she showed how to, that she used the product and it just went viral. It's got 10 million views on, on TikTok so, and it's benefited all channels. Um, yeah. Not just... Alta, it's been on Amazon and our direct, we feel feel that. So we, we feel that you have to have this mix between kind of above the line, just getting that reach with the right people and, and being there and sort of, you know, driving to purchase. And we just see the consumer, I mean, maybe they'll purchase on site first, but then they go into Alta or they, they've seen it online and they like, oh, I like that brand, but I want to see it in real life. So then they will go into Alta. So this is just... I think that that commitment to creating, you know, interesting sort of uh, engaging content above the line and, and trying to get the reach with that and also you have your e-commerce strategies to, you know, continue driving sort of direct channel as well. So with this 10 million views video, it was on her channel yep. that it went viral. And was she like a an influencer you partnered with kind of being – you know, micro-influencer where you're like, you know, it's just content, it's going to be great, like we're not hoping for a viral video. Of course, we're always hoping for a viral video, but you know what I mean. Or were you like, hey, strategically we've chosen this person who has a very big reach, most videos get a lot of views and we think that it has the potential or the kind of recipe to be able to go viral? As in was it planned or was it unplanned? (laughs) So TikTok is such a great channel it's extremely difficult so for us um, we typically don't pay huge fees for for influencers and it's really about that long-term relationship so if it goes well they do a post of paid organic paid organic so it's it's not just a one-off here's ten thousand dollars like this is the view so it was really a campaign to create awareness that we had launched into Alta. So it wasn't a huge budget. It was, you know, it cost less than $2,000 for that video. And it was uh, working with those influencers who had that affinity with Alta, that people, they're the followers. And I'm not sure if you, you saw all the content about Drunk Elephant where their DeBronzy has just gone completely viral. So we looked at the videos that were doing well for popular products like to bronzy and we said okay we like this concept when they go into store and and so we give them concept and give them free um, reign basically to create under that theme 
And that typically works for us. So, yeah, we give sort of basic briefs and, um, you know, try to find the right people and, and, you know, don't, we don't, you know, pay those huge fees. So, you know, TikTok, it's just one of those things you can't guarantee when it goes viral, but definitely. That's amazing. Wow. Amazing when it does. So amazing. And off the back of that, have you established a longer-term partnership with that creator now or how do you leverage what's happened? No, for sure, yes. We love her. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we keep working with her and, um, yeah, no, it's our goal for all partnerships that we can, you know, build that relationship um, with them. Amazing. Gosh, what is your advice for small business owners and founders who are in the early stages of building their business in 2023? (sighs) Um, I think that consumers love creativity. They love trying new products that are different and interesting to them. So it's all in the product and how you position it. I think there's certain retailers too that are great to connect with. You know, I think that Priceline is an interesting one. So we sell the tan with them. I know they're taking on some some brands if you're in that price point. So it's good to connect with a retailer and, and you know, have that, that strategy. But um, where, now I'd be like just be all over TikTok, just figure out how you can... Um, get that traction on TikTok if you want those, you know, to get that reach. Find those viral videos, figure out the formula and recreate. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. 
If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 